Welcome back to the Cosmic Car Wash Podcast. Uh, I'm Paul Daly. This is my good friend, Rick Kaiser. Hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, looking forward to this one. Um, I think if anybody has watched more than 15 minutes of our episodes, or even if they haven't watched and have just perused the titles of the uh, several dozen episodes that we have up on the, the YouTube now, uh, they'll see that... We love talking about Eden. Yeah, yeah. A whole lot, a whole lot. And uh, prior to three years ago, I think if you had asked me, what do you know about Eden or tell me about Eden, I would have said, well, it's this place a long time ago where God created a man and woman. Excuse me. That's right. And they walked around naked, they named some animals, and they lived in this state of, like, you know, perfection until one day they met a snake and decided to take a slice of apple pie, and then everything else just kind of went to hell in a handbasket from there. But uh, that's not the end of the story for Eden. And, yeah, it's bigger and more encompassing and honestly, more exciting than I think you or I ever, ever imagined. And probably yeah. as much as we have learned and embraced the the reality of Eden, I was going to call it the idea, but it's not just an idea. The, Eden is real. Right. And uh, I'll get into that a little bit as we kind of dive into this conversation. But uh, I think even as much as we have talked about this in the last few years, we have only barely scratched the surface. Like a fingernail and a diamond probably is about as much as we have explored of this. Um, so, yeah, this week we found ourselves um, separately, but, you know, you so you say frequently how uh, interesting it is that we seem to live parallel lives. Uh, I'm here in southwest Michigan. You're in... Southside Virginia, but uh, our lives are very synced up even when we don't talk for a week or so at a time. We just find ourselves having similar experiences, which brings us to today, longing for Eden. So um, I can speak for myself, kind of what got me thinking about this and what I realized this was a good topic for today was uh, yesterday in our devotions, uh, you know, we're reading through the book of Proverbs. Um, no, sorry, it was we're actually doing two devotions right now. You and I are. It's the other one that I'm thinking of. We're reading through uh, Psalm 119. Yeah. And uh, there are a couple verses from that psalm that just stuck out to me and really catalyzed or crystallized my thoughts around this. Uh, psalm 119, verses 134 and then 143. Um, ransom me from the oppression of evil people, then I can obey your commandments. As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. And I just found myself commenting on that. I'm in this place right now with work where things are stressful and I've got, you know, family and, you know, very dear friends that are going through some serious health challenges and that's stressful and just life in general, it just kind of feels heavy right now. And I find myself with this longing for Eden. And so um, I would love it, Rick, if you could kind of recap our conversation yesterday and your comments about, you know, are we exchanging an escape theology for 
some other kind of escape theology. Right. But yeah, I thought that was really profound. So yeah, I will certainly give it uh, my best. Okay. Um, yeah, you're right. You and I tend to kind of be in the same place without being in the same place at times. And uh, this has been something I've been thinking about for quite some time. And, you know, although we're closing in on the three-year anniversary of being born again again, yes. with the message of the great renewal and uh, what is it, uh, Revelations 21.5, behold, I, I'm making all things new, not yes. all new things. And uh, so this has really been, yeah, that seminal, life-changing message and moment that is become more than just a moment it is a lifestyle and yep. and you know if i could go back and look at all of the things that have changed in my life and the things that i struggled with you know even as a christian and a worship leader in a church and and uh i i don't struggle to the degree that i used to yeah. so but over the last few weeks <clears throat> i found myself you know really in a place of I mean, deep longing, you know, mm -hmm. like sometimes, you know, when you got a vacation planned and yeah. it's, you know, it's a couple months out, you know, it's coming, but the closer it gets, man, the bigger the pull. And you're like, bitch. Oh yeah. And you know, two weeks out and you're just about worthless at work and <laughs> yep. you know, uh, you're there, you know, physically, but mentally spiritually emotionally you're already checked out especially those last two days before you leave for vacation yeah you know i mean that's just really kind of a small comparison but i that's where i found myself i i you know i do my devotions every every morning on the porch and um i would find myself even in my prayer time and talking with god of just this incredible longing you know i to to literally ask him, you know, I, I wish you would come back today. Yeah. I want you to come now. I want you to come sooner than soon and saying things like this. But as I was doing that, I felt like, you know, then I began to question my motives. Mm -hmm. You know, why am I, I mean, do I, am I trying to escape? Is this one, you know, I traded the rapture for the renewal and, right. uh, you know, one thing for another, but I'm still holding the bus ticket <laughs> waiting with a suitcase on my roof. And, uh, which, you know, people did at one time. So I, so I started to worry about that and wonder. And, uh, and then in my conversations with God, I, I brought up the three servants with the three bags of silver or gold. And, mm -hmm. you know, we did do a podcast on that where yes, and eight bags of gold, yep. eight bags of gold. Yeah. And you talked about, um, which was extraordinary. And, uh, you know, groundbreaking for me. It was just that it wasn't really money. The original translation was he imparted his existence to them, yeah. which brings a whole different, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. He gave him his life. Here's my life. Don't waste it. And the one guy buried his life, basically said, you're dead. Right. So yeah, it gives it a whole new meaning. And, um, so I, st you know, I started thinking about that, and in my prayers, I would say, God, I, I'm, I'm all on board for Eden. I'm just, you know, I am find myself chomping at the bit, you know. I mean, ready to come out of my skin, wanting Eden now. I mean, it can come now. I'm ready. Yeah. I'll come now. Right. And uh, but then I'm thinking, 
but you know, I was, I'm, I'm, you and I have been doing this for years now on my porch every morning. Sometimes my devotion time will run 90 minutes, something that I used to dream of years ago when I had eight minutes every morning, you know, to cram eight minutes of creativity and, right. and some lukewarm, apathetic Christianity into it and, and then pew, off and running. And I used to dream of having that time. Now I have that time. Yeah. And so, you know, I could write my own schedule and, uh, I've, you know, over the last year or so been concerned with, is this producing anything? Is my, all of this, I mean, am I just becoming a, a pedantic bookworm, you know, um, self-proclaimed Christian scholar. And, um, I, I did, I started the question on do some reflecting and some introspection and, and so I'm weighing all of that. And at the same time, I'm longing for Eden and really struggling with that. And, um, I, you know, I don't want it to be one more escape theology. So, and it really kind of, I guess, came to a, like a, a zenith this week. It really started to, to bother me. And then you and I had that conversation and you said that you were so longing for Eden. And so I yeah. started thinking about it and I um, started thinking about it and started talking to God about it. And I came to the realization that it, um, it's okay. Yes. It is okay to hope, to long, and to look forward for the return of the kingdom of God. For yes. the return of Eden. And I tell you what, man, that really set me free. And, um, you know, I didn't necessarily stumble on any one particular verse. Uh, um, I just, I went back to John Eldridge and uh, our ambivalence towards the return of Christ. And, um, you know, when he says, um, oh, uh, from the message, yes, you have followed me. In the recreation of the world, when the Son of Man will rule gloriously, you who have followed me will also rule. And not only you, but any, not only you, speaking to his 12, but anyone who sacrifices home, family, fields, whatever, because of me, will get it all back a hundred times over, not to mention the considerable bonus of eternal life. So it's in that act of following. And then, and um, I did. I really felt like you know the Lord said it's perfectly fine. I almost felt like He laughed and said, "Stop worrying about this. This right. is perfectly fine." Well, you know, if you think about it, when Jesus told the parable of the uh, ten virgins or the ten handmaids, depending on which version of the right. Bible you're reading, the five that were ready and waiting were actually commended in a sense, because they were allowed in. It was the five that weren't ready, that weren't prepared, that didn't have enough oil to get through the night that were called wicked and foolish and were shut out. So, I mean, that's a pretty sobering thing. <laughs> um, you know, what's interesting about that is they knew where to get it, and they went, they left to go get it. Right. And when they got back, it was too late, which is, you're right. It's very, it's sobering. And, um, you know, to be called wicked is unsettling. Yeah. Because yeah. they were right there, elbow to elbow to elbow. But it's okay. And, and I, yes. you know, 
that's kind of where my conclusion was with this is that it is okay for me to hope, to be joyful. It's okay for me. And this is the other thing. And I was thinking about this this morning is that hoping for the return of Eden is nothing more than joining in with the groan of all creation. There we go. That's what creation is doing. That's good. It's, it's grown of for the revealing. They're waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. We're waiting for the revealing of the kingdom of God for the yeah. great renewal. That's what it is. So when we hope for that, that all we were are doing is joining in with what creation has already been doing since Eden fell. Right. Right. So uh, yeah, you know, and I'm thinking to uh, something that Jesus said is that. Um, when oh i forget the i forget what part of the gospels it was but it's the line where he said if if you don't praise me the rocks will cry out and maybe that's a way of kind of picturing that is <laughs> that creation is crying out but that's our job is to long for and to wait for and to to really be passionately looking forward to you know the right. Jesus return yeah, it, I know. And that the word groan, you yeah. know, that's uh that's a that has such deeper connotations and uh, but it it it's it's um rooted in hope. Yes. It's rooted in hope. And yeah. uh because if creation wasn't expecting that, if creation wasn't hoping for that, it would creation yeah. wouldn't groan. So everything yeah uh what's that one scripture where it's that the 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 earth and sky and everything pours forth praise constantly yeah i know it's in psalms yeah that's what i was gonna say i think yeah. it's in the psalms where they they speak constantly and that's part of that so that's kind of where i came to i i really needed some um i guess some peace with that because sometimes i feel like you know, I need to be, uh, you know, running around and standing on a street corner or something or doing something more, you know, and, and I, and we can't, I can't compare myself to, you know, the guy that is standing on the street corner or is elbow deep down at prison or in the jail. And, um, but what little, anything that we can do now, I mean, we do these devotions, we invite people all the time. Yes. We have people in our devotions that we've never met. I mean, yeah. I could bump, I could ram my card into their card at, you know, at the grocery store and say, excuse me, and wouldn't know who it was. Right. You know, we could be, yeah, doing a devotion for months together. Yeah. And, um, and then our, you know, our podcast that we're doing, um, you know, my wife and I are involved in our church. We lead worship every Sunday. And, right. And so, but I, uh, I really feel strongly about getting this message out and it's not a new message you know that we've talked about this it's right i mean it's as old as eden eden absolutely <laughs> well and i think this that's your point about mentioning like not comparing ourselves to the person that's you know doing prison ministry or preaching on the street or whatever like that's where the longing for eden in my humble opinion that's where the longing for eden differentiates from just praying a prayer and then waiting for Jesus to come back. And, you know, yeah, like scripture says to occupy until I come, 
We're mm. not just waiting around for something to happen. We are actively engaged in partnering with Jesus for the healing of the world right now. And that could look like prison ministry. That could look like, you know, right. children's, you know, working in the nursery at a church. That could look like, you know, uh, somebody who collects garbage, you know, in the early morning hours and just loves collecting garbage and keeping the city clean. I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's up to, you know, God and each individual person. But the fact is that we need to be engaged while we're waiting. We're not just sitting on our hands waiting for something to happen. Uh, yeah. And so. you're right. It, it looks like sometimes it looks like absolutely nothing. And, and, but yet in that nothing, it could be everything. I ran into a woman that um, used to go to our church and uh, she's been kind of absent lately, but she's had some health challenges, quite a few. Mm -hmm. I ran into her at the grocery store and uh, not literally, but she was telling me everything that was going on. And uh, I'm standing there and we're right outside the doors and people are coming and going. And I just, I felt so compelled. And uh, I used to do this all the time though. I'd be at the register, just start praying. <laughs> and so I just put my hand on her shoulder and I prayed for her. It wasn't lengthy and loud and, you know, right. like in the, the Pharisees in the streets and the chosen, right. you know, but it was just that point of contact and that move of faith. And I didn't close my eyes. I looked right at her and I, I just said, be healed in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And she just kind of looked at me like, don't ever touch me again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and we continue to talk, but I, I guess I, yeah. And I tell God all the time now, especially kind of it's grown over the last few weeks, few months is that the existence is he has imparted into me eight bags of gold or whatever you want to call it. I don't want a speck of dirt to be found on it when yeah. he returns. Yeah. Just that, that joyful expectation of his return, that yeah. joy, that excitement. And, and I, you know, I try not to make a mess of this, but what I discovered, I just, you know, through struggling with this and being pulled in two different directions, I felt like the Lord says that that, that joy is the impetus and the groundwork for getting the message out. Yes. If you don't have that joy and that excitement, then you're just, you're literally, ah, oh, the right. bus is late again, you know? Right. And uh, so, yeah. And I think, you know, I, I over, I tend to overthink a lot of things and I basically no. <laughs> painted myself into a corner, not realizing what I was doing. And um, it just kind of renewed, again, the joy of the Lord and the excitement for this. And and uh, it, it comes back full circle of the great cloud and, and the apostles, you know, that were so eagerly and, and honored to give their lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And people waiting to escape don't do things like that. Right. People waiting to, to escape don't. Um, give everything they have to preach the gospel, you know, I mean, like Paul did. And, uh, and, you know, Paul is one of many. I mean, we tend, I think people tend to look back and see this group of people and then 
translate all the way to right now where we are here. But there are so many heroes of the faith yes. and not, not, I don't think one single person that we would call a hero of the faith would even remotely consider themselves a hero of the faith. Right. I, I would imagine most of them, Paul would think I didn't do enough. Right. I, you know, there's a, a book that I read. I think it's a fairly famous book. It's tiny, but, uh, practicing the presence of God written oh, by a friar named brother Lawrence. Um, he lived in a monastery and washed dishes. <laughs> That was his job. He wasn't a priest. He didn't like, you know, conduct services or go out and minister to the poor. He washed dishes for other priests, you know, for other monks. And he just practiced the presence of God while he's down scrubbing pots and pans and, wow. you know, exchanged letters with this friend of his. And that's how this beautiful little book came to be. So, yeah, it doesn't have to look you know, a certain way. It doesn't have to be a, on a Sunday morning in a spotlight. You know, it's where wow. we are in the life right. that we currently live, longing for with joy, the presence of God, the the return of Eden. So, yeah. And I love what John Eldridge says, our hearts were made for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Ah. So that reminds me of a, of a quote from C.S. Lewis. I had actually pulled it up prior to this because I wanted to make sure we got it in here. But C.S. Lewis, just absolutely brilliant. It goes without saying. He said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Wow. Love that. And I think that's what you and I are feeling is yeah. another world, not meaning we're leaving Earth and going right. somewhere else, but that... Jesus is returning and making all things new. We will live on this planet, but it will be completely different and better in every conceivable way than we've ever imagined. And that's what God is bringing forward in us. That's, you know, the Holy Spirit that's convicting us of sin and righteousness and preparing us for the return of the King and the renewal of all things. So, yeah, I just, I love it. Yeah. I wonder why it just isn't, it preached as much, you know, I, I, that just, it perplexes me because yeah. it, it's, it is, um, again, it's a, such a heartbeat of hope and well, joy and expectation instead yeah. of waiting. So, because it's something that we can participate in right now. Right. Absolutely right now and everything that we're doing, like you said, that's really, you know, a, a good perspective, very astute, is that no matter what we're doing, we are participating in the, the now and not yet of the return of Eden yeah. and that we become little, little outposts of Eden, you know, yes. and yeah. uh, that's such a beautiful thing. And I, and I guess that's why. I feel that. And I guess that's why you were feeling, we were feeling that at the same time, didn't know it. So right. we started talking and uh, I guess that's why we feel that is because that's the more that we pursue this and the closer that we get that three steps forward and three steps forward, no steps back is that we, as we get closer and become more like Eden, of course, that longing is going to sometimes Paul is, it almost, it's almost like an ache. Yeah. You know? It becomes an ache. And uh, yeah. I look at the sky some mornings and think, you could come back right now. 
you know, <laughs> oh, you know this is a silly analogy, but it just popped in my brain. You, everybody, I'm sure. Well, maybe you haven't, but uh, the old Disney cartoon, Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. Where they're the two dogs are eating out of the bowl of pasta, and without knowing it, they both get the opposite ends of the same string of pasta, and they get closer and closer and closer until, you know, they're like nose to nose. I think that's what's happening with us is God has a hold of one side of this and we have a hold of the other side and we're just getting closer and closer. And each of us feels the other pulling, you know, like we're pulling on God, like Jesus, we are ready for you to come back right now. And God's like, I'm ready to come back right now, but there's things I'm doing and he's setting the stage and he's preparing things and nobody knows, but God, when that day is going to happen, but we feel that, that pull of heaven. Wow. That's that's very good, though. That's a great analogy. And uh, it makes me wonder is that the more people get on, the more that people get get a hold of this, and then the more that we pull, and eventually it's that's where the intersection comes. That's when it yeah. happens, when heaven and earth collide. Yeah, well, and, Peter said it. Peter said that we can speed the Lord's return. Yes. I don't know exactly how that happens, but I sure would like to find out. And if it's if it means that getting involved in spreading this message and getting other people excited about a message of joy, not a message of fear, you know, because right. we're not talking about, you know, turn or burn. We're talking about the best news that you can ever imagine is what God has promised us. And that's what's coming to us. And so why wouldn't you want to get on board with that? But if we can spread that message and get other people excited about it and feel the anticipation and the pull that we feel, if that can make that day come a little bit sooner, dude, I'm all, I'm all for it. Wow. Well, here's a crazy thought. May, uh, if that's the case, it, like what you talked about, and Peter says that we can speed his return, and um, that the more people that get on board with this truly genuine longing for the return of the kingdom of God and not the ambivalence that John and Blaine Eldridge talked about in that yeah. podcast, is that there's such a joy and a longing that truly it begins to bring those two worlds together. Yeah is that maybe that, and you know, it's not a message of fear. It's not a message of turn or burn. So again, crazy conspiratory thought is maybe that's why the, um, that turn or burn message, um, may not necessarily be, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for without being, um, offensive is, um, as genuine as people think that it is as scripturally as scripturally as sound as people think that it is. Yeah. Because without that, with, you know, without, uh, I mean, billions of people on the world uh, on the earth crying out that longing and not crying out out of, you know, um, maybe desperation, but not uh, being coerced or, or out of uh, fear but out of that joy, out of that excitement, out of that incredible longing and hope and breathtaking excitement for the kingdom of God to finally come back. Yeah. Um, so throwing that, throwing this out there, who would not want that to happen? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that this morning while I was in line at the coffee shop to get 
my wife a uh, cream freeze this morning. And uh, John Eldridge said something similar to this, and I had had the thought a while back, but optimism and like the power of positive thinking really is the best we can hope for if we don't know or don't want to believe that God will come through for us. Like if we're not convinced that he's good and that he has a good plan and that he is coming back to make everything new, to make all the sad things come untrue, like they said in Lord of the Rings, optimism and the power of positive thinking is all we have. And eventually that's going to run out because life is going to smash that and smash that until there's nothing left. And then I think without the message of the great renewal and the palingenesia and the renewal of all things and Eden, positive thinking doesn't do the trick and we just go the opposite direction and become fearful and bitter and resentful. And, you know, I don't know if, I don't know. That's you're right. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I guess if we just cut to the chase and stop being so cryptic, cryptic is that that's why I think that the rapture message is so destructive. Yes, it is destructive. We hundred percent agree that because it robs people of that joy and longing and anticipation and excitement for the return of the kingdom of God. It's not coming. It's going. And I can't remember who said it, but it's not my original thought is that Jesus didn't die on the cross a week ago to heaven. He died on the cross so heaven could come to earth. There we go. And um, that's what it's all about. Yeah. It is finished. So, yeah, that's that's what I've been feeling. And I think, you know, the same for you in that there is, it's almost like I felt like I was given license. Like, you know, I do. Like the Lord said, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. excited. Hope for it. Pray for it. Think on it. Ask for it. Yeah. You know? And uh yeah, boom. Yeah. It just changes everything. Like I am stoked, Paul. Yeah. I am I mean, what the scripture says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever's yeah. pure, lovely, yes. admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. That's- that's good. What's more excellent and praiseworthy than the undiluted presence of oh. the good, good God? I chills. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Yep, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. That's why I love this. I, I, I love this message. Not like it's some, you know, weird thing. It might be to some people, but I, yeah. And we've talked about this. My gosh, we talk about this all the time. We do. We do. <laughs> it's that... It yeah, it is the it's the heartbeat of the gospel. That's yeah. I truly believe that that yeah. this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the, the further we go in this and the more we talk about it, the more I'm convinced that this isn't a side issue. This isn't like, oh well, it's okay if you believe that, but I believe something else. No, this is right. the thing. Eden, the return of the kingdom of God, is the thing. It's the message that Jesus preached. It's the the message that it's the message that all his apostles preached. This is the gospel. Yes, our hearts were made for Eden. Yes. We yeah, we were originally designed to live forever in yes. the presence of God, walk yep. with Him. We we're designed to spread the glory of the Lord all over the earth, 
and uh, cover the earth with his glory, with his presence, yes. and populate it and live forever. That was yeah. the original design. That was it. Yeah. And, and uh, he uh, he didn't throw in the towel. Right. You know, he, yeah, he slaughtered an animal in Eden. I'm assuming it was a lamb. Holy covered sin. them, you know, the whole myth or bizarre theology that people say that, you know, God can't look on sin. Really? He was right there with Adam and Eve, <laughs> you know, when they yeah. screwed up and he killed the animal and he covered them with it. And then he asked them to leave. I don't right. imagine he, you know, kicked them out or planted his righteous boot in their unrighteous behind. Right. And he, I think he was heartbroken, but he always had a plan. Yeah. He, yeah. He already knew what he was going to do and he's been doing it ever since. And it's all about, Oh gosh. I mean, we could go on and on with this. Um, There's a million different, uh, yeah, little yeah. tentacles of Eden that reach out and yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. The enemy took things that didn't belong to him and God took them back. He was very crafty and wise lured sin to the cross and death. Yeah. And, yeah. Satan would have known what was going to happen. He would have never done it. Oh. And, uh, and Eden is coming. Eden is coming. I say yeah. that all the time. Yep. And uh, and yeah, we have we have license and every right, and I th we are expected by heaven to be excited about this. Right. Not well, you know, as John and Blaine pointed out in those podcasts, actually, the forbidden attitude in Scripture, according to Jesus, is to think, "Well, that's a long time off. My master's not coming back for a long time." Oh, yeah. That is the forbidden attitude. We're not allowed to think that because <clears throat> every time Jesus told a parable where somebody wasn't expecting him to return or they thought it was going to come, you know, way later, they weren't looking forward to it. That's the people that were the antagonists in the story. You know, Jesus called them wicked and lazy, and they got kicked out of the party. And yeah, we're we're, we're told to expect it to happen at any moment, to look forward to it at any moment. So yeah, it's okay to get up tomorrow. Yep, and pray, Lord, you can come back today. Today, if there's anything that I can do to speed that. Please let me know. <laughs> yes, and I think it's just—I think it's just loving him and all that yeah. we do, and and our thoughts, and our actions, and our worship, how we treat other people, and and even how we treat ourselves. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, I'm excited again. It's just—it was kind of weird. It it got real strong over the last couple of weeks. And, yeah. And I've been feeling uh, yeah, that. this incredible longing i don't have any other way to to explain it and that's when i thought you know what am i am i waiting to escape and of course then i almost talked myself out of it until you and i started talking and and yeah i felt like god said Psh, go on man yeah this yeah. is this is an area where we have license to yes to desire as much as we possibly can to guzzle the presence mm -hmm. of God, the glory of God of Eden. You know, I love the the story of Jesus at the wedding of Cana. You know, he took these six big stone jars that hold held 20 to 30 gallons of water each, and he turned them miraculously into wine. That was 100 and 
20 to 180 gallons of wine that he provided for a tiny little wedding. Like, Jesus is not afraid of joy and celebration and overabundance. That's good. So, I like that. Yeah. That's not, I'm not advocating like, you know, it's okay <laughs> to go, you know, down three bottles of wine tonight. But I'm just saying that, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, exuberance in the presence of God and we're allowed, we're allowed and we're, we're asked yeah. and encouraged to desire it as much as we possibly can. Right. There's a lot of joy. I mean, look at David when he danced into uh, in front of the ark. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just wild. Yeah. That's excitement, you know. And uh, I'm hoping that we start seeing that at our church. We haven't yet. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I uh, just a little sidebar. And um, Jan and I have been leading worship. And we were on the worship team before BC, before covid before corona Peace. and uh yeah um and uh, since we've got back gone inside it's actually three years this month and um i uh so i started to wrestle again you know with trying to you know and get people to enter in you know and to to stay on their feet and come to the altar and just to be free yeah. you know and to be joyful and excited and uh uh was not getting those responses, you know, and we work hard. We, we practice, we strive for excellence and, um, we're both, you know, decent musicians. I like to think. And, uh, I, uh, I struggled with it a couple of weeks ago. Same thing. And all this is kind of rolling and, uh, talking to God. I said, I don't know how to get people to come in. And he said, you go. And they're more than capable of following you, but they're not going to follow if you don't go. Mm. And so it was last Sunday. That was kind of that first. I just approached it from that. I, I'm not going to coach people. I'm not going to come on church. Come on church. I'm not going to do that. Okay. And so I just worshiped Janet and I did middle of the first song. We were there. Wow. I was, I was right there. The presence of the Lord. I was a couple Good. times. I just, uh, thought I was going to ball, and uh, and then funny is that people came up and said, "My goodness, worship this morning! You wow. know, you guys just get gooder and gooder, and gooder thought, and gooder." Well, we're in the <laughs> south, so right. Just a, yeah. A side note: I was not born and raised here, so <laughs> but I'm here now. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just get gooder and gooder. And, uh, you know, that's really not what I want to hear. Um, but it, it was a, uh, again, it's just an example of God. He is not this surly curmudgeon. No. We thought he was, and a lot of people do. He is such a good, good father. And I'll go out again and say this, is that I think when we get excited about the coming kingdom and the polygenesis and the great renewal he gets excited yeah i yeah i really you can't convince me otherwise yeah. i think he gets excited and i think he goes yes yes and he's waiting for that just this that ground swell of that yeah. organic grassroots movement of the the people and the kingdom here on earth of reaching out like you said you know and get that piece of spaghetti <laughs> and just and bring them together yeah. 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 
I love this it. Multinational roar yeah. of people, every color, every race, every nation, just people from all over the world just crying out, Maranatha, come yes. quickly, Lord Jesus. And he does. Oh, he does. And he does. And it happens in the twinkling of an eye. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be good. It is good and it's getting better. Right. Yeah. You're right. This, yeah. And yeah, all of the, uh, as I was, you know, we're just sitting here talking about this. I'm, you know, thinking back over the last few weeks, the pressure and stress I felt like this is the antidote is getting with other people and talking about the return of the king, talking about the kingdom of God and encouraging one another. And scripture says that I think it's in Hebrews. It says, you know, encourage one another. And more and more, as you see the day approaching, the day of his return, we have to encourage one another because life is not going to give us permission. Life is heavy and hard and the world is crazy and, you know, mm. the air in Babylon is toxic. But mm, wow, as yeah. people who are outposts of Eden, who carry the presence of God with us, we need to band together and encourage one another and, and not shut everything else out shut the world out but we come together as the the joyful community the church of god and then people see that and they're like there's something different about you that that i don't experience at work that i don't experience from the media or from politics or whatever you know this is how the church becomes attractive and how people start coming in is when they see the there presence of god working among us you know and they see it consistently yes yeah, it's not seasonal. It's it doesn't change like the weather. It's just consistent. Yeah. And yeah. Cool. We have license. You have license. You yes. have license to be excited about the return of the kingdom of God, the return of Jesus, the great renewal, Eden on earth again. Yeah. Hallelujah. This is good. Yes. Well, you can reach out to us if you want to hear more about this. Um, info at the cosmic um, We do daily devotions through the Version Bible app um, or Bible.com. They're one and the same. Um, or if you want to leave comments here in the videos, we will personally respond to every person that comments here if that's uh, what you're looking for. But we're just excited about this and want to get people connected yes. with other resources from, you know, John Eldridge, who we've mentioned here, and uh, the folks over at the Bible Project, um, you know, Dallas Willard's ministry, uh, Michael Heiser, just, I mean, there's so many, N.T. Wright could go on and on, but there, there's a lot of people that have caught this and are, mm -hmm. are getting the message out there in, in large forums, and we just want to be part of that and help other people get to it. So, uh, yeah, we would love to hear from you. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And if you if you don't have people you can get plug in with and plug in with us. Like yes. I said earlier, we have people in our devotions that I've we've never met. And um and they come they come and go and some stay longer than others, but there's a constant open door for people to join us and, and yeah. a lot of them get refreshed and we've seen people really uh step up and step out and um one of our guys is in I think Oklahoma and mm -hmm. he he goes, he just got back from Sturgis and he went yep. as a ministry team, you know, and washing bikes and preaching the gospel, handing out water. And yeah. he's with us, you know, every day on our devotions and exciting. And, and we kind of feel a little bit that we have a part in that. Yeah. And it, 
very cool and we pray for one another and so yeah reach out reach out to us and we would love to have you get get on board and our devotions are online and we do them when it's convenient if it's for in the morning or in the evening so yep uh, it's not a zoom meeting so you're not looking at strangers you're just joining in with us and 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 joining in the conversation if you'd like or just read the conversation so it's an open door yeah. so we encourage and implore you to come and join us and and uh be part of a you know family of god and, yes uh, might make it easier than you know at some point for you to reach out and and start your own devotion that's always been the goal yeah and uh, we say this at the end of every single podcast everyone God, God is not mad at you. Mad at you. Yeah, he's not mad. So, we love yeah. you. Love you all. Thank you so much. I'll talk to we'll talk to you next week. Bye.